You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanaya and Priya. Welcome back to the Girls on the Grid podcast. My name is Tanaya McLeod and this week my co-host Priya Richards is off doing some rally. I think it's the rally of Gippsland this weekend and she is out making all of that video content while I enjoy a much needed weekend off. But before Priya went all rally mode on me, she did join me for an incredible chat with Priyanka Charter, who is the National Participation Lead at Motorsport Australia. Now, this means that she's responsible for developing and executing on some really cool programs that we love here at Girls on the Grid, including Girls on Track. Now, we talk about it all the time in the podcast. We are big fans of the program and what it aims to achieve so to sit down with Priyanka for this podcast was an absolute joy. We chatted about our love of motorsport, how she actually got into motorsport having, you know, had no interest in it growing up and also what is on the horizon and what the future looks like for Girls on Track. So let's jump straight into this episode. Priyanka Charter, welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely great to be here. So Priyanka, you work for Motorsport Australia as the National Participation Lead, which involves working on a fair few programs such as Girls on Track, Ricardo's Races and FIA Rally Star. So for our listeners who aren't sure what these are all about, can you give us a bit of a rundown on what these programs do? Yeah, absolutely. So in my role, I... um, implement programs and initiatives and also develop them to increase participation and um, engagement in motorsport. So like you said, one of those projects is Girls on Track. It was introduced um, in Australia in 2018 um, to the 8 to 18 year old age group. However, most recently, we've actually changed that to two groups. So we have the 8 to 15 year olds and we run Girls on Track Inspire for them. And our goal is to educate them about the sport and introduce them to the sport. So unlike other sports like cricket, basketball, you can kick, bounce or hit a ball in your backyard or even inside your house. But with motorsport, you can't really do that. So the goal is to show them what motorsport is all about. Um, It's to encourage an interest in STEM subjects with the ultimate aim of increasing female participation in these sectors. And we use motorsport as a tool to run these programs. So we'll do workshops, activities, challenges, uh, where we can, the girls will get access to a garage tour. And we really hope to inspire them and show them that they can achieve anything they want in motorsport and other STEM industries. Um, For the 15 to 22 year olds, we now run Girls on Track Pathways. And these events are to inspire young girls and uh, young women to pursue careers in the motorsport industry. So it's basically targeted at girls who are passionate about the industry um, or they have some kind of interest, but they're not sure what the roles might look like. They're probably thinking it's only a race driver, an engineer, or maybe a mechanic. But as you both probably know, there's just so much more in the industry. So we've given them the opportunity to connect with our Girls on Track ambassadors. We have champions. And we even invite guests from the industry to attend. So um, supercars, Australian Grand Prix Corporation, Porsche, car sales, so on and so forth. And this program was actually launched at the Australian Grand Prix this year 
It was called the Career Development and um, Mentoring Initiative. And we had guests, again, like from all areas of the industry. So even from Formula One, um, which was fantastic. We had uh, our partners attend, so Michelin and Super Cheap Auto. And part, the participants basically got an opportunity to learn how to network, make those industry connections, and really go after their dreams. We believe that you can't be what you can't see. So the aim of the Pathways programs is to show them that they can be anything that they put their mind to, as long as they work hard, you know, they keep pushing and never give up. Um, with the new concept with Pathways 2, we've also introduced mentoring opportunities. So if there's a girl that an ambassador or champion think that they can further support with their career journey or planning, we link, we link them up and we give them the chance to actually build a relationship, get the guidance, support and advice from someone within the industry. And we're already seeing some really great results. The girls are already getting jobs in the industry, which is huge. Work placements, um, they're putting themselves out there. They're building a, names, uh, building a name for themselves as well. So it's going really well. And we're really excited to see what happens in 2023 with Girls on Track. Um, like you said, another program is Ricardo's Racers. So that's for 12 to 17 year olds. Um, it's Motorsport Australia's Junior Development Driving Day. So we teach children the basics of motorsport um, in a controlled and safe environment. And we hope then they go on to compete at um, Clubland. And events, across, uh, events are run across the country. We usually run this on a skid pan. It's very low speed. So like I said, it's safe. They go through a number of different activities and workshops on the day, including a little theory session. They include with a Motocana challenge. And the focus, again, is competing against yourself and not against anyone else. So we provide the cars. Um, usually there's a Mustang, so it's a really uh, cool, fun three, three and a half hours or three or 45 minutes. We've got a great lineup of trained drivers um, who deliver these programs for us. FIA Rally Star, we ran this um, through 2021 and early this year. And we were on the lookout basically for... Um, individuals aged 17 to 26 to try and go on and get a seat at the FIA Junior World Rally Championship. In Australia, we ran digital and slalom challenges. We've actually already selected our nine participants. Um, they were scheduled to go to India in September for the Asia Pacific Finals. Unfortunately, this has been postponed. And uh, once it's rescheduled, they'll head, head over, compete over there. Uh, one finalist from each of the continental finals, there's six. Will then go on uh, for a training season and four will then get to participate in the uh, junior world rally season championship next year certainly sounds like you guys have a lot going on inside the motorsport australia you know initiatives it's really cool to see all the things you guys are doing and honestly i just every time i see girls on track at an event i just think about how much i would have loved to have had something like that you know, a couple of years when I was, you know, 15, 16, um, I got my first job inside the industry at 20, in 2018. So just as Girls on Track started. So I feel like I just missed that window of, of opportunity. So it's so good that it's happening now and that there will be people coming through uh, with the same passion as, as myself and same with Priya to now be able to capitalize on this. And it's so cool. So just, you know, we speak about it, we speak about it all the time on the podcast. We've had heaps of ambassadors on here. And just, yeah, a really big hats off to you and Motorsport Australia for everything you're doing. Yeah, thank you. It's been great to see the program come so far in the last few years. And this year has been um, 
completely different and new and you know we're just trying trying new things some most of it's working which is fantastic like the mentoring uh we've got something really exciting lined up for 2023 um which which will change the game again i think so yeah stay tuned to see what comes so priyanka pre motorsport australia job did you have any interest in motorsport or how did you sort of land in this you know crazy world that we well, I mean, that my life revolves around it at the least. Oh, very good question. I'm not from a motorsport family. And when I grew up, I grew up in India. And when I grew up, we knew who Michael Schumacher was because my dad watched Formula One. We watched a bit of Formula One, but that was pretty much it. Um, motorsport is not or was not huge when I was growing up. Um, I played pretty much every sport that I could play. So I was jack of all trades. I could I could play basketball, I could play soccer, I've done swimming, I've done horse riding, badminton, name a sport I've done it, paddle tennis, tennis, everything except motorsport, which is funny because now I find myself working in motorsport and I'm extremely passionate about what I do here. Um, I started in sport um, in Dubai. So I lived and worked in Dubai for about six years and that's where I started working in sport. Um, with a company called Do Plays. And uh, what we did back there, um, I worked in an events role. So I ran team building activations, uh, development programs again, with a focus on girls, diversity and inclusion for uh, for government entities, for the sporting bodies there. Um, and I worked on some really cool projects. Did that for a while. And then I thought, I've always wanted to do my MBA. So I moved to Australia, I moved to Sydney, and I did a, a MBA in um, sport management. And my goal was to, or still is, to get a residency here. So I had to move to Tasmania, and I was looking for a job. And and guess what? There was a job opening at the Confederation of Australian Motorsport at the time, and that was for the sport club development admi- administration role. So I was working more with building and maintaining relationships uh, with various stakeholders, so clubs, officials, government, track, so on and so forth, uh, with the aim to drive the growth of the sport in the state. And that's where my journey started. Um, I also worked on the 2022 Grand Prix, the one that never happened, took on the role as deputy officials manager, which was a great experience because it taught me so much more about the official side of motorsport, which, as we all know, is integral um, to what we do. And then when COVID hit, um, there were changes within Motorsport Australia. So I worked more on the administration side of the sport at a national level. I came in with the intention to streamline processes and procedures with our state councils, our panels, uh, working on the state calendars across the country, state, state awards and so on. And then in 2021, I was lucky enough to take on the role of uh, participation it's been an absolutely fantastic journey and yeah, that's, that's the story right there. So you've had so much experience in sport, but motorsport itself is so niche, very different to any other sport. So for you, what was kind of that learning curve like to understand the industry? It was definitely a bit overwhelming at first. Um, there's just so much to motorsport. It's not as simple as basketball, um, especially, you know, when I've been a participant in, like I said, in pretty much all the sports. I understand the rules. I understand how things work. So it was a bit overwhelming for sure. Um, but the community here in Tasmania were just so supportive and amazing. 
Um, if I had any questions, I could pick up the phone, chat with pretty much anyone, and they would, you know, educate me, advise me. Um, they encourage me to go out to a lot of race meetings, which is what we do with the girls as well. If you're not out there at the track, seeing what's happening, understand what's happening, talking to people, you're really not going to be able to grasp the sport, I think. So, um, yeah, it was a huge le learning curve. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, you, you learn as you go. I've learned a lot um, and it's been it's been a great journey so far. So I remember back in 2019, I think I was sand down and I was working with Madeline Stewart and a whole lot of girls come up wearing Dare to be Different t-shirts. And that was my first actual introduction to what, you know, that sort of initiative was. Dare to be Different then become Girls on Track. So what was that evolvement what was that way of evolving like and why did that kind of change and where do you see it sort of going next? Where are we evolving to next? So the program was initially launched as Dare to be Different in 2016 um, by Susie Wolf, who's former race driver, uh, was for, uh, CEO of a Formula E team and now not sure what she's going on to do, but she started the program um, basically again to introduce girls to motorsport so she realized that if we want to see more women across more motorsport more roles in motorsport then we have to educate them about the sport at a young age so we really need to expose them to motorsport at a young age so they too can you know get into different careers understand what those careers are so on and so forth and the aim of dare to be different was to inspire connect and empower young girls by showcasing the talent that exists 2019 2020 is when the 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 shift happened so it went from dare to be different to girls on track and that's because the FIA basically came in and uh, they wanted to grow this project because obviously as you both know it's it's an amazing it's an amazing concept it's a great product um, there's a lot we can do with it so the FIA come in and they they rebranded and that's the that's the story there Going forward, we've, we've already made a lot of changes, like I said, this year. I think the re revamp has worked really well. And going into 2023, um, again, we are working on something big, I think, uh, which will change things a little bit. But it's all, again, to provide girls with an opportunity to get into the sport, try it. If there's a career you're aspiring to get into, we want to show the girls what that looks like. Um, if you want to say become a motoring journalist, what, what does that look like, right? It's very different from what you might see on television. And I think Drive to Survive's created this, um, you know, portrays motorsport in this very glamorous way. But there's a lot, there's a lot more to motorsport than that. I think we all can uh, agree. It's not, uh, it's not a nine to five job. It's a 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. job sometimes. It's weekends. Um, you know, you're, you're on the road, you're giving up your time with your family. But the fantastic thing is we all love what we do. Um, it's the best community of people that I've ever like been involved in. Um, and I've played so many sports and the hats off to the motorsport community. I, I still can't pinpoint why it's so great. Maybe it's just all the people that are involved in it. But just being there at a track or at a race meet, chatting with people, it's, it just uplifts my mood every time. I'm just like, wow, like so lucky to be doing this, so lucky to be a part of this community. 
And yeah, that's about it. And I know that obviously in podcast format, you both, I mean, none of you guys listening could have seen me and Priya like simultaneously nodding our heads, agreeing so hard to everything that you just said. We're literally just like nodding in time because it's so true. Like I think a Gold Coast this year, I have to miss out on, you know, one of my closest childhood friends' wedding. But it's just what you do, you know? It's just the passion overrides so much. And sometimes I actually don't understand it. Like I can't, sometimes I can't justify to myself why I do it. And then when I realize that this is what I do for a job, I'm like, ah, there it is, you know? You get to travel to racetracks and, you know, do whatever we do. For me and prayer, it's making content. So it's just, it's just an absolute dream. And there's a lot of, you know, 18, 19 hour days, consecutive 18, 19 hour days, or, you know, a Bath- the Bathurst 1000 last year, it was 12 days. Like we're at the racetrack for 12 days straight. It's, it's hard to understand. It's hard to actually justify and explain to people who don't get it, but it's so good to, you know, have that conversation about with three of us who all just just know why we do it. We can all agree that working in motorsport every day is very different. But for you, what does an average day look like working for Motorsport Australia? Um, get in, get into the office in the morning, um, connecting with schools, trying to um, talk about the Girls on Track program and get them locked in for one of our upcoming events. I also reach out to multiple organisations with uh, within the industry. Um, the more people that we have from, you know, various areas of the sport coming to our Pathways events, the more value we actually add to the program in giving the girls the opportunity to really understand the different roles and avenues and how they can get involved. Um, a lot of event planning, event management, logistics, making sure we have all the right equipment in, in every state because we deliver the program across Australia a lot of conversations with the ambassadors, champions, uh, booking them in for events, setting up webinars. A huge focus this year for me has been providing content online so it's more accessible to people across the country. So resources that, you know, they can they can understand what, say, Nadine Armstrong does every day, what Emma Nora Francesco does every day, uh, what, what does Molly Taylor do, what does Jessica Dane do, uh, what their roles look like, and also something like the Pathways events where we're chucking them in the deep end, you know, to network, to connect. But what does that really look like? How do you go up to someone and have a conversation, a ca- casual conversation, um, and, and, and you know, a- a show who you are, add, add value to that conversation? We're also looking at things now like um, resume writing. So if you're looking for a role, how do you present yourself best? And these are just, just little things to help um, the girls succeed in the sport. Um, I'm also constantly thinking about how we can do better with all our programs. So not just girls on track, but Ricardo's racers as well. And we're looking to change a few things with Ricardo's racers next year. So a lot of uh, brainstorming, conceptualizing ideas, working on budgets, so on and so forth. And then obviously there's that travel element as well. So getting on the road, going out to a track, setting up for an event, making sure that everything runs smoothly on the day. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my role. 
Amazing. It sounds like it certainly keeps you on your toes. Now, just over the weekend, we had Sandown Supercars and Girls on Track was activating at that event. And it was so cool. You guys are actually set up right next to the media center. So every time I got like walked out to the door, unfortunately, I was obviously run off my feet because that's just my style. But I could see so many girls, you know, getting around the things that Nadine and Emma were doing. And it was just awesome to see. I would have loved to, you know, have had two seconds to stop in and say hello, but I was just, you know, pinging like the ping ball machine that I am. But give us a rundown on what a day at the racetrack looks like for a girls on track activation. I did see you. And yes, we did cross paths very quickly. <laughs> Both of us, yeah, running around. Was I running the opposite direction? That's probably what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like I said, the programs changed this year. So previously... A girls on track session might have run for about four hours, but now it runs for the whole day. So it's an 8 a.m. start, and we get done at about 5 p.m. Uh, the morning session is for the younger girls, so that's Girls on Track um, Inspire. At Sandown, we had three participating schools and about 22 um, individuals who had signed up as well. So a total of 52 girls aged 8 to 15 came through the doors at about 8.30 in the morning. Um they, they come, they get, you know, their T-shirts, their caps, they get changed. Uh, we start with a little bingo activity. So it's called Motorsport Bingo. And that's just so they get chatting. And it's like a little icebreaker event. We usually then have four activities, workshops or challenges. So using Sandown as an example, um, Nadine and Emma ran a media workshop. We then had a STEM activation um, or STEM workshop. Um, where they build little Lego cars and then they race them, which is always, always fun. Um, why, why as a 24 year old woman, does that sound like so much fun to me? Why do I want to be involved in that? I want to do it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, we get more sometimes than the girls. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we have a pit, we had a pit stop reaction and a sim challenge. Um, the reaction challenge is always great because again we the, the older women <laughs> um the ambassadors champions get very excited by trying to beat the younger ones and they're way better than us obviously their reaction timings like spot on um and then we were lucky also because we were running at uh, the supercast championship the girls got the opportunity to go into the Erebus garage and shannon gave them a tour of the entire setup which is pretty cool and I think a few of them actually met um with the drivers as well and got some signatures um and then we conclude you know letting them know how they can stay involved get involved in motorsport and the pathways event then goes on um after lunch so we get a bit of a break uh brainstorm what the pathways event will look like and then at Sandown we had 25 girls aged uh, 15 to 22 attend that so that was a fantastic result and that event was a bit different we started off with a panel discussion so we had our ambassadors Emma, Shannon, Molly and Nadine talk about who they are what their roles are in the industry um, they gave feedback advice uh, they took questions we then broke out into a networking event where we had, again, people from the industry come in and chat with the girls. So any questions they had, whether it's, uh, I want to be an engineer, what do I have to study? What does a, you know, engineering job in motorsport look like? Uh, I want to do social media marketing. How do I do that? 
these people in the industry give us their time and they support the initiative is absolutely fantastic to have all of them. Um, Supercars then gave us uh, some really cool prizes to give away. So the girls had a little, a little trivia session and we had three winners go away with some really cool prizes for the weekend. Um, Jessica Yates then visited us as well and had a chat with the girls. So yeah, went home for about a good four hours. Um, some people say it should be longer because they have a lot to talk about, but yeah, it's a good day all in all. So can I get a ticket to the Jess Yates chat next time? Sure. Can I be involved in that? I'm a big fan. We're both big fans of Jess Yates. We just, here. we love Jess Yates. She's just such a queen. I just love her. <laughs> we just love Jess Yates. So good. So I think it, it was at Sydney earlier this year. And you guys had one of those networking events and I came along, uh, Sharice Bristow, who is a team coordinator at Triple Eight, invited me along to come and talk to some girls. And it was so cool. Like how, like they're all so interested, you know, like I could not pick one girl from my high school of like a thousand people who was interested in motorsport. So to be surrounded by, you know, that many girls at a high school age who one, know about motorsport, two are interested in it and three come along to, you know, an activation just shows how many steps we're taking in the right direction to get more women involved. I had about four girls come up to me just saying, I want to do, I want to do what you do. I want to make videos. I want to work in social. Like, how do I do it? And I'm like, good Lord. I don't even know how I did it. You know, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still trying to work it out. So it was just really cool to be able to, you know, share, what was probably dribble, but share a little bit of insight and the fact that that gets to happen, you know, in states all around, all around Australia at all different events. Yeah. I, as I said, I just wish that there was something like that when, you know, I was 15, 16. I think every uh, ambassador and champion that I've spoken to and continue to speak to say the exact same thing. We all wish that we had something like this when we are younger and I'll say the same. If I went to a girls on track event in India when I was younger, I don't think I would be sitting here today. I would have probably ended up being like a race driver or something like that because I've always participated, like like I said, in every sport that I could get my hands on. And if someone told me that, you know, getting into a cart and go-karting was an opportunity or there's something that I could do there with my life, things would have been different for sure. But Go-karting was something we did socially and did a lot of it. And um, there's just no pathways in India. So it's if it's hard here, it's harder there. So what's the, say, the long-term goal for Girls on Track? Like it's relatively new now, but what do, we, what do you see it becoming in, say, five or ten years' time? Well, I would like to think if, if a girl, you know, wants to get into the industry, the first thing they think of is, I need to attend a Girls on Track event. It's where you've got um, women who are thriving in their roles um, associated with the event. You get to chat with them one-on-one, face-to-face. You could potentially leave a Girls on Track Pathways event being mentored by one of them. And the project that we're working on will give girls an opportunity to get um, real-life experience in the industry as well. So I would like to think that, yeah, Girls on Track is going to grow to that hub where women come together from all areas of the sport, from all different backgrounds to um, connect and engage and network with each other. And it's also a great space for 
us as women to connect with each other and build a community of women in motorsport. Going back to when you were really young, you grew up in India, you loved sport, played basketball, um, but you were in a community where participating in sport wasn't encouraged. So how did you handle those kind of external sources that were telling you you're not meant to be doing that? Did you ever let did you ever let that get to you? I have to say I'm very lucky to have a family that I do. Um, my mom, my dad, my brother, extremely supportive of me being uh, who I am. Um, other people, while I was growing up, didn't encourage, you know, didn't think that I should be wasting my time playing sport because it's not going, it wouldn't get me anywhere. Um, even my school, you know, they tried multiple times to stop me from playing so many sports and they would consistently complain to my mom saying she's not interested in studying. All she does is stare at the basketball court. There's no hope for her, you know, so on and so forth. But my dad was a boxer and a squash player for his state while he grew up, uh, where he grew up, which is in Delhi. And I ended up playing basketball for my state, which is uh, called Karnataka. So without their support, I wouldn't be who I am. I also, again, grew up being a tomboy. So I have this like little um, mushroom haircut until I was about 14 or 15 years old. And um, I didn't have many girlfriends at the time because while they were, you know, interested in dressing up and going out and all of that, I was more interested in going with the boys and playing cricket or basketball or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, um, my, my parents and my, my brother, they gave me everything and I am who I am because of them. And touch wood, um, you know, they never said don't do it. The only advice I got is you can't play everything and succeed in everything, which is probably true. So they said, choose one sport and do it well. And that was basketball for me. And that involved waking up 5 a.m., going for training, going to school, straight from school, going back to training, coming home and doing homework. So you can understand why I didn't like studying so much. Who has time for study when you've got heaps of sports to play? Exactly. All right, guys, so just a quick break in this podcast. We have to give a big shout out to Napa. And here is just a little ad break. We'll be right back. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast. It's all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year. But the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend, there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. So can you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in an area where there was that expectation for you to conform and not do what you loved because of what others thought? To be honest, I look back at it now and um, it really didn't bother me. I was so happy doing what I did and I found a community in every sport I played so I had my my basketball community I had my you know my cricket community my my soccer community so on and so forth and I think with sport and having traveled so much and moving across you know the world so many times that sport provides so many benefits so it's not just about 
a career sometimes it gives you it teaches you um, self-confidence it gives you uh, a place where you feel like you know you belong it gives you that community for me every time I've moved around I've actually made all of my friends through playing sport so some of my best friends right now even in Dubai uh, we met as pretty much enemies on a basketball court she was playing for another team I was playing for another team we played against each other don't know how we somehow ended up talking playing on the same team through through my entire time in Dubai we were inseparable we continued to you know stay in touch so sport provides a lot of benefits that people don't normally think about I think and that's the great thing again about the motorsport community right it's that it's that group that you feel like you're a part of you belong at it's your extended family for example so you all are probably on the road a lot more than I am but that Motorsport community is pretty much your family for you all, right? When when you're away from home. 100%. And I actually only realized that when I stopped doing motorsport during COVID and then realized I had zero social life and no friends. <laughs> I was like, oh, this sucks. I just think that's why it's so good being in motorsport because well, you make the friends within the sport, but then because that's all you do. That's all you do. There's I don't have time for my friends. The amount of like my outside friends, it's sad. The amount of times I have to reschedule everything. It's yeah, it's a mess. But we love it. Uh, I've got one hour free in the next three months. It's like, yeah, I can book you in. I can book you in in a few months. <laughs> oh, it's so true. So true. Was there anyone, obviously growing up in India, slightly, you know, different, I guess, different cultural vibes than than over here, but was there anyone that you looked up to or that personally inspired you, you know, in, whether it was just getting involved in sport or uh, with what you do now? Is there anyone that you look at and, and sort of derive, you know, inspiration from? I think it's my father. Um, he, Like I said, he was a sports person himself and um, his side of the family are a bit traditional, uh, but my my mom isn't, which which is really good. So... She kind of compliments, um, you know, <laughs> things that he kind of doesn't agree on most of the times. But the fact that they both allowed me to continue to play every sport that I wanted to, uh, allowed me to travel across India to play for my state, which was a pretty pretty huge achievement for me back then. Um, the first time I played for state was when I was 13. So I played for the under 13 category and I continued to play on for a few years. So it's def- definitely, I think, actually, sorry, both my parents, um, they, they just, in, yeah, they just, to just let us do what we want and go after what we want to. And I'll be honest with you, they probably knew I'm never going to uh, become the next WNBA player from India, but, you know, they never said no. They still let me go after my dreams. Um, Dad would wake up in the morning, drive me to all those basketball trainings when I was younger. Uh, sleep in the car but at least he was still there you know had my back um and he's the one who taught me like every everything I know in terms of how to play every sport that I know how to play so yeah hats off to both my parents I think they've done a good job and so for you yourself having played in a sport where there was limited female participation and now for you being involved in a sport where the female participation numbers are rising and you yourself, you're having an impact on that through these programs. How does, how does that feel for you? It's, it's the best feeling in the world, especially when you see, um, you know, things that you're putting into action seem that come to life and then working. 
So the revamp, for example, and that focus on the 15 to 22 year olds and creating those opportunities for them. And then having people in the industry actually support these ideas. So the ambassadors and champions all got on board with the mentoring concept, for example, and hearing about how well their conversations are going, how they, you know, the girls are taking their advice. They're going out there with an open mind, putting themselves out there, and they're actually achieving. It's, it's really fulfilling to see all of this come together and in such a short amount of time. We only started this um, revamp in early this year. It's eight months in it. Girls have got jobs again. Girls have got internships. Um, they're writing articles for, you know, various organizations. Um, some of them are going into the garages of some of the teams, helping as mechanics um, or doing engineering things. So it's it's absolutely, it's the best feeling in the world. And again, we've got big plans for next year, for 2023. So I can't wait to see those being implemented and then you know the results of those coming to life as well. And what's been the most rewarding part for you personally being involved in these programs? It's having uh, again those results come to life so um, the first the first girl that got a job I got I got a phone call and I was so excited I felt like I had you know got my first job in the industry myself and I was over the moon just jumping and like oh my god we did it you know we've we've got one girl a, a job and this program sorry has got one girl a job and it's, it's just going to keep you know building and building and and it has so we've there are a handful that have already got you know employment whether it's part-time or full-time and yeah it's just best feeling Although it's definitely getting a lot better, why do you think that motorsport struggles with the female participation numbers so much? For one, I think it's um, accessibility. So unlike, you know, again, like I said, your other sports where you can play them in your backyard, you need a ball, a bat. Motorsport, you can't actually do at home. If you want to be a race driver, you have to go to a track. If you want to drive, you have to be of a certain age. It's not something you can start young at three or four. Um, for someone like me who grew up in India, there was no motorsport. So how do, how do you get involved in something you don't know that exists, right? Um, if you're from a motorsport family, you obviously have that advantage of seeing whether it's your mom, dad, grandma, grandpa being involved in the sport, you're out there at a track. So I've heard stories with some of you, right? For example, you've been at a track when you're six months old. So you obviously know that this is an option for you. Um, and I didn't have that. So there are a lot of girls obviously out there, not just in India, but wherever in the world, who have no idea that motorsport is even a sport that exists. For me, I knew it existed because dad watched Formula One. Um, if dad didn't watch Formula One, would I have known that motorsport existed? Probably not. See, I know people, I've heard someone say to me before that they really enjoy watching Drive to Survive and watching all their favorite actors. I'm like, are you, are you, are you kidding me? They <laughs> love watching their favorite actors on Drive to Survive. Yep. That shows, that shows we've got quite a long way to go still, unfortunately. Tells a lot about the show. Exactly. It sure does. But Drive to Survive is doing a good thing in a way because it is increasing um, 
you know, the exposure of motorsport across the world. So we are getting more people watching it, whether they know what's happening <laughs> on the TV or not. At least they know what motorsport is. And at least maybe they know, like, the driver's name. So if they think Daniel Ricciardo is an actor, all right. For now, let's go with that. Let's take what we can get, all right? <laughs> yeah, for now, for now, yeah, 100%. So accessibility is definitely one one of the many reasons two i think it's also mindset so it's always been considered a male dominated sport right ever since motorsport uh, began you have your fast cars it's dangerous you could potentially get very badly injured um you always think of you know me mechanics and engineers going there getting their hands getting dirty and things so it's always attracted a male audience and for this reason girls are often steered away from the sport um, before you've even had a chance to you know gain some kind of interest in it you're told no that's something you shouldn't be doing because um, again you're not conforming to what you're supposed to be doing it's stereotypes too pretty much it's yeah like you know girls play with dolls and boys play with cars exactly i did that very backwards i was i played with lots of cars and zero dolls <laughs> except bratz dolls bratz dolls were cool um, and then lastly, I think it's lack of understanding of the roles because, again, you see, if you're watching it, you see only the race driver. So when I grew up, yeah, I knew who Michael Schumacher was, but did I ever think there was a race team behind him? Did I ever think that mechanics, engineers, physiotherapists, nutritionists, people doing social media content for him, people, you know, working with partners? No, never crossed my mind. And what about the event organizers like, uh, you know, Supercars, Australian Grand Prix Corporation, Motorsport Australia? There's so many jobs out there. So the Girls on Track program then ties in really well here because we're trying to show them like everything you can do in this sport. And obviously, hats off and kudos to Susie Wolf who noticed this and realized that the only way we can really change the game is if we expose girls to motorsport at a young age. So they too can, you know, do the great great roles in the sport and like you said we're, we're seeing the changes already and I'm yeah I'm just super excited and happy to be a part of the change that's coming around uh, especially in Australia. Something that I've noticed that's changed recently and kind of going back to exposure and things like Drive to Survive coming out like you said uh, you said you knew who Michael Schumacher was but you didn't know that there was a whole team behind him it's funny because everyone else would have thought that as well but then after things come out like drive to survive people see the mechanics and people behind the scenes and now those people actually have a platform those people are almost a little bit famous now so yeah I think it's definitely just even things in the media and social media all showing that is is yeah really good and just an interesting insight actually from the girls on track pathways events it's a majority of the girls that are coming to our Pathways events are now interested in engineering, which is fantastic and huge and just a great result overall. And to be able to help them and show them where they can get. So use Christina Emanuelides as an example. She's a Girls on Track ambassador from, uh, from Melbourne, working for the Alfa Romeo Formula One team. She's there to show them, you know, that you can do it too. She's not from a motorsport family. She went to a school near Albert Park. She heard the cars around the track. She developed that interest in motorsport herself, went on to the UK to study, and she's found a role in the industry at the highest level of the sport. Um, and that's, that's an incredible story right there. So if more 
girls can follow her pathway when we're doing something right. So in the time that you've been involved in the Girls on Track program and, and all those you know, female participation initiatives, do you think female participation, do you think female participation is rising? Are there more like consistently more numbers and more women turning up, more girls turning up um, as we go through this sort of the growth in the sport? hundred percent. So our Grand Prix event, um, which was called Career Development and Mentoring, um, it was by application only, right? So we had 20 seats um, and we wanted to attract or, you know, introduce girls to everything motorsport related who are really serious about this industry. So they have some kind of involvement or they're already doing something in the sport because um, it was a real opportunity to understand everything that happens at a local and international level, an opportunity to connect with so many people in the industry. We had 160 applications and we advertised for maybe three weeks. Um, so not a lot of time, not a lot of reach this year, but to, to go through 160 applications to choose 20 was fantastic uh, because obviously it shows that there is the interest across Australia, these applications came through. And next year, I'm, I'm really keen to see how many applications come through because I think that'll be a real reflection of where we're headed. So the Girls on Track program has obviously got a lot of momentum this year, especially um, since we've changed the program again to focus on the 15 to 22 year olds. And having that age group, we can also see where they go with their careers. So if they're, you know, looking to get a job at 21 or 22, we can track through the mentoring um, ambassadors and champions also let us know where the girls are going, what they're up to. And they've also started to reach out and keep in touch with me, which is, which is great to build those relationships um, with them and see them through and help them wherever I can. All right. So it's been a great chat so far. I think we could talk about this for hours, but what is your advice for, oh, hang on. Our final question is, what is your advice for girls wanting to get into motorsport? Um, I have a lot of advice, but I'll probably keep it short. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do anything. Um, you can achieve absolutely anything you put your mind to. It does require hard work, determination. You might fall down seven times, but get up the if, and you can literally achieve anything that you want to. And there are a number of women that you've interviewed on your podcast that reflect the exact same thing. So go after your dreams and, you know, if there's anything Girls on Track program can help with, reach out. This just felt like a really nice, like, atmosphere, this pod, because it's just three of us. We all love motorsport. We all love getting girls involved, but... Yeah, it's been great. So, yeah, thank you, Priyanka. It's been really good chatting to you. And we love the Girls on Track program. We love the Girls on Track program. We love seeing what you do. Um, so, yeah, thanks for all the hard work you're putting in and making a difference. Uh, we'd love to see it. But, yeah, if you need some more Girls on Track ambassadors, we know a few. So let us know. We'll give you some names. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, thanks for joining us. It's been great. Thank you for having me. 
We thank Priyanka for joining us this week. It was an absolutely awesome episode. We could have spoken for such a long time. She has an incredible energy about her and you can just almost feel her passion for Girls on Track and everything that Motorsport Australia are doing. So huge thank you for you for listening in. This week, I'm heading over to Perth for a little bit of a holiday. And I don't know what Priya's up to, but I don't think there's any race cars on. Uh, after we get back from Perth, we head over the ditch to the next round of the Supercars Championship over in New Zealand at Pukekohe in Auckland. So I'm really excited for that. It's my first international trip in, you know, quite a while. I think 2020 in January when I went to Thailand was the last time I, you know, used my passport. So I'm excited for that. And I hope that you guys have a lovely week. We will talk to you next week. You've just listened to another Network R production. 